Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want you to read with me a verse of scripture, a very well known, everybody knows this verse. It's taken from John's Gospel, chapter 3, and we're going to read two verses, verse 16 and 17. But before I read this verse of scripture, I want to share something with you, which the Lord whispered to my mind this morning that almost blew my mind. This is so powerful that if you only grasp what I'm going to share with you now, your days of sadness and depression and worry and stress will be over. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, if you only knew how much God loves you and how much He values and cares for you, you would never again have a bad day. You would never again have a sad day or a depressed day. You would never again be afraid or anxious or stressed out about your life or about your future. If we only knew how much God loves us, we know it, we know it here, but it has not become a revelation. When you know that you know that you know that God loves you, nothing will ever shake you or move you or depress you because you know that God is on your side. Amen? And then he said this to me. He said, people who are afraid, who are stressed out, worried, don't really know me. They don't really know how much I love them. Even, even though they might be born again. Just being born again is not enough. Thank God for the new birth. Thank God that we have been made new creations in Christ. But the journey just began when you get born again. It's a journey of growing in knowledge and understanding of who God is. Peter says grace and peace is multiplied. When? Through the knowledge. See, the key is knowledge. Not natural knowledge, but spiritual knowledge. Do you want peace to be multiplied? It doesn't come through prayer. It doesn't come through fasting. It comes through knowledge. Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That is how peace and grace is multiplied to each and every one of us. And so, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Throughout the scriptures we see that God has always been the giver. Always. And man was created to be the receiver. We are receivers of God's unconditional love. Amen? God created us this way. To be the recipients of his goodness. To be the recipients of his grace, of his mercy, and his love toward us. And God gave the world his very best. Amen? He gave us his son. And the Bible says, with his son, together with him, he has already given us all things. You know, there is one prayer that God will never answer. If you ask him to do what he has already done. Amen? If you ask him to give you what he has already given you, he's not going to un answer that prayer. Because he's already given us, the Bible says, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen. And there is another prayer that God will never answer. If you ask him to do what he has told us to do, he will never answer that one too. Amen? So many of us, who are not knowledgeable in the word, keep on asking God to do what he has commanded us to do. Bind the devil, Lord. No, he's not going to bind the devil. You need to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? The word says, Romans 8:32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. All things means all things. Including healing. Including divine healing and health. There is something better than divine healing. That's divine health. Amen? To walk in divine health every single day. All things, that is spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, financial, and social. All that you and I will ever need in this world has already been provided for you. Amen? Even before you got here on this earth, before you were even born, God knew your name. He knew your destiny. He knew where you would be born, which country you would be born in, which family you would be born in. And he opened an account for you. And he has deposited Everything that you will ever need to fulfill your God-given purpose. And every one of us has been given a divine assignment. Some of us have been given more than one divine assignment. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, God has given you a specific assignment. And all you need to fulfill that assignment has already been deposited into your heavenly account. Amen? Amen? Do you really believe that? Amen. So all we need to do and we need 
something. Say, Father, I receive it by faith. You see, there has never been a problem with God giving. The problem has always been with man receiving. We don't always receive what God has given. Some of us go to him to receive with a, with a coffee cup. You know those little Greek coffee cups? And we approach God with that little coffee cup. Others go to him with a barrel. Amen? Those who go to him with a barrel know something more than those who go to him with a coffee cup. And so the teaching, my teaching this morning is how to enlarge our capacity of reception. How do we make more room in our lives, more room in our way of thinking, in our way of believing for God to fill? I am convinced that his giving is far greater than our receiving. Amen? It's not a problem. God, God has already given. The problem is us learning to receive. And I have discovered through years of walking with God, studying other believers, watching them, that receiving is a skill. Like you would learn any other skill. You go to school, you study to become a nurse. You go to school, you study for years to become a doctor. You go to school, technical college, to become a carpenter, a builder. Even so, receiving from God is a skill that is developed through knowledge and practice. We learn how to receive. You know, I always give this testimony. I wanted to buy my wife a, the car of her choice. I knew exactly what she loved. I knew what she liked. The car that she was driving was getting old. So we're driving one day down the road. And from my spirit within me, I said, Sweetheart, I'm going to get you a brand new car. She said, No, I don't want a brand new car. I'm, I'm happy with what I've got. And she argued with me, so I stopped. You know, God will never argue with you. Amen. He doesn't push you. So I kept quiet. A few weeks driving again down the road with that old car of hers. I said, sweetheart, I'm going to buy you a brand new car. And I know the one you like. She said, where are you going to get the money from? <laughs> you know, she, she lived with me for 40 years. And she asked me where I'm going to get the money from. Just like my old congregation, when I said to them, God is going to give us one of the finest and most wonderful, beautiful building in the city of Cape Town, and it's going to be debt-free. We're not even going to borrow one cent from the bank. They looked at me and said, where are you going to get the money from? Because there were just a handful of people. You see, that's you and what I do, you and I, so often. Where are we going to get the money from? Why? Because we measure things according to our pocket, not according to his pocket. And you know, he's got a very large pocket. And sure enough, God gave us the finest, one of the finest buildings, still standing there, debt-free. We never borrowed a cent. Amen? 
You see, God can only give you what you can believe Him for. He cannot give you what you have no room to receive. And I heard the story the other day of a man coming home and telling his mama that I'm going to get me a new car. And his mama said to him, you got that old car standing on the blocks in the garage. That's all she said. He comes back the week after. Mama, I got a job. I'm going to buy a brand new car. His mama said, yeah, but you got that old car standing on the blocks there in the garage. Finally, he caught on. He said, Mama, why are you asking me that I... He says, you got to empty the garage first and take the junk out before you put the new one in. <laughs> you see, sometimes we carry so much junk, wrong thinking, wrong believing, feelings of inferiority, feelings of condemnation, feelings of unworthiness. All of this junk prevent you from receiving God's highest and best. If a particular radio station that you listen to regularly, stop, you stop receiving the signal, the music, the news, would you phone the radio station and say, what's wrong with you? I'm not getting anything. Or would you tune in your receiver? For many of us, our receivers are severely damaged through bad experiences, through pain, through hurt, through wrong teaching many times, even in the church, that God is angry with you, that God is ready to judge you for your sins, repent or burn. All of these things, the Bible says that he does not impute your trespasses to you. Because of Jesus Christ. God has reconciled himself to humanity. He does not impute their sins to them. Because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. God is not angry with humanity anymore. His wrath has been poured upon Christ on the cross. 2,000 years ago. So if our receivers are damaged, we have to fix them first before we can enjoy God's highest and God's best for us. You know that God is much bigger than you and I think He is. And that He loves you and values you much more than you ever imagined. Amen. If we could only believe that. And if we could only receive that. As we learn though how to receive from God. What he has already given you. So stop begging God to give you anything. He's already blessed you. That's what the scripture says. And we must come to a place where we believe the scriptures rather than what we feel or what we see. Ephesians 1.7 said, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, has his past tense, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God has already blessed you. 
There are so many in the church today trying to earn the blessing of God. They labor. They believe that the more they pray, the more points they will get with God. The more they read the Bible, the more they fast. And so it's a religion of works, trying to earn God's love. You cannot buy the blessing of the Lord. It's a free gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. You are blessed. If I go to church, I don't go to church so that I can earn God's favor. God has already favored me. I go because I love God. I love the brethren. Amen. I don't tithe and, and give offerings because if I don't, God is going to punish me. No, I do it because I love God and I do it out of a grateful heart. So many of us go back to the law, back to rules, back to regulations, and we put ourselves under bondage trying to earn something from God. Why would you try to earn something when God has already given it to you? And all you and I need to do is reach out by faith and receive it. Amen? So as we learn how to receive from God what He has already given us through Christ, we begin to reflect His glory and magnify His name here on the earth. We become a true representation of who God is. Because people don't know who He is. Especially the world. They are in darkness. They don't know God. And the only God they probably will get to know is the one they see in you and me. Amen? When the world gets to see the goodness of God and the kindness of God in us, they are drawn to Him. The Bible says that it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Amen? It's not enough to tell them that God is good. They need to see we need to show them how good God is. They won't have a problem coming to Him. Amen? Are you with me so far? Amen. So, as I mentioned to you, when you come to God, do you really believe that you are worthy to receive? Many of us, as I've mentioned, have damaged souls because they've been rejected by one or another. Rejection is a terrible thing. It drives people to do all sorts of ungodly things, seeking love and seeking affection. Amen? Unworthiness is another. You're not good enough. Words that have been spoken over your life, perhaps by your teacher, Perhaps by your very own parents. Those words, when believed, they do damage to our souls. And a damaged soul finds it difficult to receive the love of God. And we need healing, folks. We need healing. We need restoration. Praise the Lord. So, when I ask the Lord this question, how can I increase or enlarge 
my capacity of reception. You know, Isaiah says, I'm sure you know this verse, Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. You ever read that verse of scripture? I read it many, many times, and yet it's only recently that I began to understand what God is saying. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Wow, what a promise from God. Let me say this. God's plan for your life is much bigger, much greater than you think. That's why he says stretch. Stretch your capacity. There is much, much more that I want to release in your life. His love is much deeper, much wider than you and I can imagine. And it is for this purpose that Isaiah says, make room for me. Don't come with a teacup. Come with a big basket. Make room in your life so that I can move and I can bestow all that I've already purchased for you. Amen? So when I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how can we enlarge our capacity of reception? How can we make more room in our lives for you so that we might receive the highest and the best you already have for us, given us. And when I asked the Holy Spirit this question, he showed me three things, very simple things. If we practice them, we will grow, we will learn. Our skill of receiving will develop. Remember what I said to you? That learning to receive from God is a skill, it's an art that you learn through knowledge and through practice. But it takes work, like everything else. Amen. Most of us want the easy things. Amen. But the things that matter will cost you time. Amen. So he said, the first one, the first thing that the Holy Spirit showed me, he said, being thankful. Being thankful for what we have, where we are, and most of all, for what the Lord has done for us through Christ. You see, thanksgiving is the voice of faith. Faith always has a good report, a report of praise, a positive report. And the voice of faith is thanksgiving. Thank God for where you are. Thank God for what God has already done for you and I. We have so much to thank God for. Amen. Thank God you have eyes to see. There are many people that are blind. Amen. If you haven't got anything else, thank God that you've got legs, that you can walk. Amen. Thank God you've got hands. So much to thank God for. You see, developing an attitude of gratitude brings us 
It positions us into an atmosphere of the presence of God. And it makes us more aware and more conscious of His presence in us and around us. Remember the Word of God says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter His gates with what? With thanksgiving. We approach God with thank you. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that you've redeemed me. Thank you that you've forgiven all of my sins, past, present, future. Thank you that I have been made the righteousness of God. You've given me a new nature. Thank you that I have the life and the nature of God in my spirit, that I have been born again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So many things that we can thank God for. So we enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Ephesians 5.20 says, Giving thanks sometimes. Always. Always means always. For all things. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thessalonians 1. 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You don't know the will of God? Well, here it is. The will of God is for me to give thanks in everything. Amen? First of all, let me give you some of the benefits. Thanksgiving and praise, as I've mentioned, positions the believer to receive God's highest and best. It opens up your spirit. It opens up your soul. It opens up your mind to receive from God. Second, thanksgiving enlarges our ability to receive because it magnifies the Lord and minimizes the devil. Amen? When you thank God... The more you thank Him, the more you praise Him, the bigger He becomes on the inside of you. Your image of God begins to grow and your image of the enemy and His works is minimized. Amen? I heard the story of Smith Wigglesworth once. He woke up in the middle of the night, he opened his eyes and there was the devil sitting at the foot of his bed. Oh, he said, it's you. And he went back to sleep. It didn't pay him any mind. Amen? <laughs> and some of you are so terrified of demons and devil. The more you worship God, the more you praise God, the bigger he becomes and the smaller the enemy becomes. Hallelujah. Thirdly, thanksgiving enables you to keep your focus on God rather than on ourselves. Anytime you put your focus on yourself, you become self-centered, selfish, ungrateful, murmuring, and complaining. Because it's all about you. But the more we praise God, the more our focus is kept upon Him. And so keeping our focus on God helps to remove all the junk out of our minds. Amen? Amen? That occupy the place that rightly belongs to God. The word of God says, you will keep him in perfect peace 
whose mind is stayed on thee. So the more you thank God, the more your mind is stayed on him. And in short, thanksgiving empties us of our selfishness, of our pride. A proud person is never thankful, but a humble person is thankful. So when you develop an attitude of gratitude, you clothe yourself with humility. Now, murmuring and complaining does exactly the opposite. It shuts the door of our reception to God, and it takes our focus off of God and puts it on our circumstances. Look how bad things are. Look how I feel. Yeah, the word says by his stripes I'm healed, but you don't understand, Pastor. I've got pain in my body. And we talk about it. And we meditate on it. And we talk to others about what the doctor said. And how terrible it is. And the more you talk about it, the bigger it becomes. Hello? Yeah. Can't say amen, say oh me. Because it's true. The worst of it, though, murmuring and complaining opens the door of our lives to the destroyer. And it positions us into the enemy's territory. You remember there is an incident in the Old Covenant where the children of Israel murmured and complained about the lot in the desert. And the Bible says poisonous snakes came into the camp and began to bite them. As a result, thousands of people died. This is recorded in the book of Numbers, chapter 21. Read it for yourself. You know, as I share this about being thankful, I want to bring just a little testimony that, that the Lord taught me a great lesson about being thankful no matter where I am. And this happened many years ago. I developed a relationship with Father Stefano, who was then the leader of the Orthodox Charismatic Renewal because during that time my ministry was exclusive to the Greek people. So I went from city to city, from country to country and ministered to the Greek Orthodox people as an evangelist. And then of course as a result I faced tremendous persecution from the hierarchy of the Orthodox Church and the only priest that encouraged me that wrote to me was Father Stefano. So I developed a relationship with him, and after a few months, after I read his books, read his letters, they were very encouraging, he urged me to continue my ministry. He became like a spiritual father to me. So I wrote to him in 1987, and I said, Father Stefano, I want to come and visit with you because I feel there is so much I need to learn from you. I just want to come and sit at your feet. He said, come. So I left. It was a month of May. I left my wife for seven weeks during that time. She was running the business, taking care of the children. And while I was overseas, seven full weeks. So I boarded the plane and I landed in Chicago. First time in the United States. Father Stefano came to pick me up from the airport. And I had this image that he would take me and take me to his house and offer hospitality to me. But to my biggest disappointment, he took me into a YMCA, one of those boarding places. There were many, many, many uh, lodgings there. 
And you know, the room that he gave me, if I could say maybe three meters by five meters. All it had was a table, a little table, and a bed to sleep on. When I, when I walked into that place, I felt so claustrophobic. And in my heart, I began to mourn and complain. You know, back in Zimbabwe, we had a double-story house. There were four bedrooms. We had three servants, two in the house, one in the garden. Uh, I never did any washing, never washed my clothes. My wife did all of that, never ironed my clothes. I didn't know how to wash clothes. They had a washing machine downstairs that you put money in, but I didn't know how to use it. And so this dark cloud came over me. I'll never forget it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Then the Spirit reminded me of a verse of Scripture from the book of Philippians. I'll share it with you. Philippians 4, verse 11 through to 13. Paul is speaking here and he says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content or thankful. I know how to be abased. I didn't know that. But I learned it fast. And I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I read that verse of scripture, I lifted my hand and I began to give thanks and praise to God. I repented for my attitude, for my disappointment for my murmuring and complaining and I praised the Lord and had a Holy Ghost fit right there in that room but you know what happened afterwards those days that I stayed in that little room because Father Stefano said don't come to my office before two o'clock in the afternoon so I couldn't see him until two o'clock in the afternoon so I had the whole morning those days that I spent in that little room proved to be the most spiritual. It was there that God gave me some of the most wonderful revelations about my future. I enjoyed every minute of it. And I'll never forget those days. Because the revelations that I received from God marked my life forever. What would have happened if I continued in my complaining and grumbling and murmuring? I would have received nothing. That's why I say to you, thanksgiving is a powerful principle. And it positions us to receive God's highest and best. You may be going through something now that might be painful to your flesh. It might be worrisome. Maybe it even gives you sleepless nights. But the word of the Lord says, give thanks. And know that God loves you more than you could ever imagine. In fact, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, I think, he says in the Amplified, casting all of your cares, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all on him, 
for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That's why God said to me this morning, you tell them that if they knew how much I love them, they would never have a sad day. Ever. The second thing the Holy Spirit showed me, showed me, which our brother Tony has mentioned to you this morning, meditation in the Word of God. To meditate means to think about. It means to roll it over and over in your mind. Let your imagination come alive as you meditate in the Word. It means to reflect and ponder on what you read. And so, in order to fix this receiver that's been damaged, maybe the accuser of the brethren got a hold into your life and whispered lies, told you you're not good enough, you're not educated enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough. You know, he will tell you all sorts of things. You're unworthy, you're no good. And when those words are believed, they damage your receiver. And so what meditation will do, will bring healing to your soul. David said, he restoreth my soul. And then he leads me in the paths of righteousness. When your soul is damaged, and so many believers have a soul damaged, the problem is never in your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. It's holy. It's sanctified. Most of the problems we have is in the soul area. The mind, the emotions, and the will. So, search the word. On the topic of God's unconditional love, don't meditate anything else. You need to grasp the revelation of how much God loves you. Meditate on God's love. Meditate on His faithfulness. Find scriptures that speak about the nature of God. How good, how merciful, how gracious. Find the promises of God that promises you the thing that you need, and meditate on that daily. You eat daily, don't you? So we got to feed the spirit as well, not just the body. Amen? Someone said we feed our body three times a day, and we give our spirits one cold snack a week. That's why we're so weak spiritually. Amen? So meditation in the Word, especially the New Testament, increases our knowledge of who God is. The eyes of our understanding, they are enlightened concerning the true nature of God. And we begin to see Him as He really is. Meditation will bring revelation. You know, it's not the much that you and I read. Some people think the much they read, the more. No, it's the part that you digest that makes a difference. So you can take one verse of Scripture a day, stay with that one verse all day long, think about it, meditate on it, visualize it, memorize it. James says, listen to this, James says, 
that the engrafted word received with meekness is able to save your soul. Not your spirit, your soul. To save means to restore it to its original condition. It means to renew the way you think. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. If our thinking is wrong, our believing will be wrong. And if our believing is wrong, our actions will be wrong. Amen? I believe that the greatest need of the church today is a renewed mind. Amen? And that's why most of us are damaged, because our thoughts are wrong. We embrace the wrong thoughts. Meditation will help you to restore your mind. Praise God. The Bible says that faith works by love. You know that, don't you? You see, feelings of guilt, shame, thoughts of fear, feelings of unworthiness damage severely our faith and our confidence in God. You can't approach God with confidence and boldness when you feel condemned and unworthy, can you? You're not going to receive anything from God. Because the Bible says faith works by love. If we don't believe that God loves us unconditionally and is willing to bless us, our faith will not work. You see, faith works by love. The revelation of God's love is the bedrock of our faith. I can easily receive from someone who loves me. But I can't receive from someone I'm not sure he likes me. I'm not sure he loves me. Maybe what's the hidden motive behind it? Amen? So the word received with meekness, the Bible says, will heal our body. The word will heal our emotions, deliver us from fear, from rejection. That's all we really need, folks. All we need is the word of God, nothing more. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. That's all we need, just the Word of God. Jesus said about Mary, she has chosen the better part, and it will never be taken away from her. So many times we spend so much of our energy and time on things that have no real value in the light of eternity. But the Word of God will remain forever. And the time we spend in the Word, and the energy we give to the Word, first of all, not only will heal and bless us, but will carry us throughout eternity. Amen. Amen. The word says the entrance of your words gives light. What's light? Knowledge. Light is knowledge. So when you receive and meditate that entrance of his word, it gives you understanding and light. Wow. And this is where most of us really fail. We don't take the time to meditate. We know it, but we don't practice it. Especially on the, in the area that we need help. If I need healing, I need to meditate on what God said about healing, not about something else. That's why when I teach in our church, I like to teach on serious. Stay with that subject for weeks if I can. 
Because one sermon is not enough. Amen. Amen. So meditation, remember, is like digging for gold. The more you dig, the more you find. So let's get digging. And finally, the third thing the Holy Spirit showed me is to practice the Word. Practice what you know from the Word of God. In other words, be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer only. Amen? We need to walk in the light that we receive from God, both from the written Word, but also from the spoken Word. You know, the Spirit is alive, He's within us, and He speaks. The way He speaks very often is through promptings, suggestions. We need to learn to discern those gentle promptings of the Spirit. He talks to us all the time. You see, there are things that the written Word is silent about. Amen. But the Spirit within us guides us into all truth. The Spirit may prompt you. That's why one of my practices is every morning I sit quiet for a long period of time and I listen. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You see, if we're not still, both in body and in mind, we miss it. We miss it by the cares of this world, the business of life. They're so loud. Everything around us tries to take our attention away from God. This world is trained to do that. Vying for your attention. Look at me. Look at this, look at that. So in that business, it's very difficult to pick up what the Spirit is saying. And you need to practice. Practice listening to the Lord. He may prompt you to help someone. He may prompt you to send a letter of encouragement to someone. He may prompt you to give something to someone. Amen? He may prompt you to change your attitude concerning a certain situation. He'll tell you that's not the right attitude. Amen? You ever experienced that? I have. Then I have to go and apologize. Amen? At other times, he may forbid you to go in a certain direction. You have a chip in your spirit. Should I do this? Shouldn't I do that? And you, you, every time you, you, you decide to do it, there's a... I, I don't know, sometimes it's so difficult to explain with natural words, spiritual things. You know. My wife has had an experience years ago. She was driving from the church office to the house. And she thought, I'm going to take another way today because... The usual route might be a lot of traffic. She sensed something or someone within her saying, don't do it. She brushed it aside. She violated her conscience. 
She went through that route and what happened? She was mugged. As she stopped at the red light, someone threw a brick on the window. The passenger window grabbed her bag. And uh, if she didn't push forward, I don't know what could have happened. But you see, so many things happen to good, believing Christians. And one of the main reasons is because they're not picking up the promptings or the warnings of the Spirit. They violate the conscience. They don't stop to listen to the heart. And they go right ahead and then they blame God for whatever happened. God did this to me. No, God didn't. He tried to prevent you from going through that. But you didn't listen. You overrode. You brushed aside those promptings of the Spirit. Very, very important. If we want to enlarge our capacity of reception and receive God's highest and best, we've got to stop and listen to our heart. Listen to the Spirit within you. An example, for instance... We see that in Acts, where Paul was forbidden twice to go in a certain direction. You see, the written word says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So Paul, wanting to be obedient, he wanted to go into Asia. But the Bible says in Acts 16, verse 6, let's read it. And when he had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they have come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. How? It doesn't tell us. But I'm convinced there was an inner witness. An inner witness that stopped. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And now after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. You know, because he obeyed, the inner witness within him. Many were saved. Others blessed. Miracles were given by the Spirit. And all these wonderful things came to pass in Paul's life because he was obedient to the leading and to the prompting of the Spirit. And by doing that, what do we do? We give God plenty of room to move, to work as He pleases in our life. Three simple things. Learn to develop an attitude of gratitude wherever you are. Always be thankful for what you have, where you are, and most of all, for what the Lord has done for you through Jesus Christ. Number two, take time daily to meditate on the goodness on the faithfulness of God, on the unconditional love of God, how good, how gracious, how compassionate He is towards you. And finally, practice the Word. The written Word and the spoken Word. And you see that your receiver will become larger.
and larger. And you will experience the goodness of the Lord in a measure that you have not known nor experienced before. Amen? Amen. Do you receive something out of this today? Amen. The question is, will we practice it? Let's pray. Can we stand and pray, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for your unconditional love toward us. Your grace, your mercy, your goodness that is revealed every single day, both to those who believe and to unbelievers. Your word says you cause your son, the sun, to shine on the just and on the unjust. You give rain to the just and to the unjust. You do not withhold your blessings, even from the wicked, Lord, because of Jesus. Oh, how, how we value you and how we love you, Lord Jesus. We love you because you first loved us. Thank you for this wonderful and unconditional love that I don't have to perform so you can love me. I don't have to jump up and down and do so this and that so that you can bless me because I know you've already blessed me. And Father, I pray that this word that I have shared this morning would become light and life to every single person who hears my voice, both here and through technology, Lord. May the love of God, which passes knowledge, fill our hearts and our minds. And may we come to that greater revelation of how deep, how wide, how long, the breadth, the width, the depth, and the length, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. We thank you, Father. Thank you for life. Thank you for food and raiment. Thank you for the fellowship of the brethren. Thank you for this house. Thank you for the father and mother of this house. We bless them today. And we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at Alpha Omega INT dot org dot z a